our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, we're getting ready to talk here about the exciting Texas 32-27 to 27, uh, win over the TCU Horned Frogs, giving you immediate post-game reaction. Just a reminder, this multicast is available on YouTube uh, as well as uh, on Spotify uh, for your podcasts uh, and what you want to do there. Uh, for this episode, what we're going to try to do is get behind some of the key plays, some of the uh, big moments in today's game. And to help me do that is going to be someone that writes our five quick thoughts on Inside Texas. His name is Ian Boyd, and he serves as our college football analyst at uh, Inside Texas. And uh, Ian is also very, very good with X's and O's and might help us be able to break down what exactly happened, what Steve Sarkeesian and Casey Thompson were seeing from Gary Patterson and his defense. So I'm going to bring in Ian now, and uh, we'll get started. All right, let's welcome in now Ian Boyd. Ian is our uh, Inside Texas uh, college football analyst. He breaks down plays. You may see his work during the week. Uh, has some graphics that are really interesting where he breaks down individual plays and also talks about and writes about what we can see from the Longhorns as he goes forward in, in each and every game. Uh, Ian, first of all, your initial reaction to the Longhorn victory today? I thought it was a really good win. Um, star-making game for Bijan Robinson, Gary Patterson, you know he was going into this game looking to stop Bijan. Uh, you could see TCU crowding the box whenever they could, and Bijan ran him over anyway. Ran him over on third and eight, ran him over on third and six, two touchdowns, 35 carries. It was a throwback Ricky Williams kind of game. He just, he just dominated. Yeah, I, I tell you what, that last run, and you and I wrote about it in that text thread, that last run of Bijan's, not the last one, I guess, because he had another one for 10-plus on that drive. But the one that sealed the game or basically iced the game was the, the third and six. And it reminded me eerily of the Ricky Williams run at Nebraska in 1998 when Texas had to run out the clock. They were, they were milking a lead. And you know what? They gave it to Ricky, and Ricky, had, Ricky got it done. And I feel like... Steve Sarkeesian just said, okay, uh, this ball's yours, Bijan, get it done. And sure enough, uh, he made two people just look really, really uh, crazily bad in, in an open field situation. And, and those aren't bad players out there for TCU. Gary, Gary, Pas or Gary, pa Gary uh, Patterson does a tremendous job, in my opinion, uh, on defense typically and run fits and that sort of stuff. Um, Anything, you know, another thing that I, I think we saw in this game was with, with Sark's reliance on uh, that defense or on uh, Bijan was Casey Thompson did not have uh, that star-studded game that we've seen the previous two weeks. Anything in particular you think uh, the reason for that? Well, he's really struggled to throw the ball down the field and play action. Um, they had guys open at times. They opened the game up with a play call that has been there against TCU for multiple seasons. You'll see Oklahoma pick on the same play. They were able to get one of TCU's 
bigger run stopping safeties isolated on a post route to Josh Moore and they missed it. Um, they missed some other ones. They had the interception that was, I mean, by the time the ball got there, there were three frogs. And uh, I, I do think the officials missed a holding. They could have been bailed out by a holding call, but just not a good game from him in the play action game. Uh, not a good game for him throwing over the middle. He had a couple balls that were nearly picked. We heard, heard about, had heard about some issues like that in fall camp with Texas, and uh, we just hadn't seen it in games. He'd been able to avoid it, but that showed up as well. I think that Sarkeesian really, in particular, after the drive in which uh, Casey Thompson threw the ball off the hands of a couple of TCU linebackers, from then on, it was Bijan's going to win this for us, and he really, uh, he really took the ball out of Casey's hands a lot. And uh, we'll see what that means going forward. And he could always bounce back. He did do some other things well, but um, it was not a, not a strong game from him. No, it wasn't. Uh, and, you know, in fairness to me, I had a couple drops too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, he had a, he had two from Worthy alone that, that should have been caught regardless. One of them was probably a difficult catch. The second one may have been a touchdown throw, right? That he just put it right on top of uh, Worthy and Worthy didn't make the play. Um, they did, the Longhorns did connect on a, a deep ball on a fantastic play by Jordan Whittington, right? That was really the only deep ball. Uh, the Horns still only got three points out of that uh, drive, but uh, they did score and keep that momentum going, I think. Uh, but the deep ball, I think, is going to be a concern, especially as teams, as you mentioned, start stacking the box more and more, trying to make sure that that Bijan can't be, uh, you know, can't beat him because, uh, I mean, he can clearly beat teams. I mean, he was, it was just a unbelievable performance from him. Question for you on this um, going forward, Ian, on, on for, for Sarkeesian, um, you know, they had the injury to Denzel Okafor early. Did you get a chance while you're, while you're watching the game to get much feel for exactly the replacement of Andre Carrick going in at right guard and then the permutation of them moving Derek Kerstetter to left guard or right tackle and then Kerstetter moving to left guard. I wasn't able to get, you know, a real granular view of it. Um, but for certain, they did not miss a beat. Um, they looked pretty clean in protection. They were getting beat on the edges a little bit, but that's, that's not a, that's not a breakdown issue. That's a TCU has fast defensive ends issue. Um, and, uh, I don't know. They were, they were working it, you know, they were running the ball when they needed to, they were picking up hats on hats uh, up until they got to the goal line, which, you know, it's not really an offensive line miscue. Usually it's a, uh, everybody gets crowded down there and either you move them off the ball or you don't. So it looks pretty good. I, I don't know. This may be, this may be better. Uh, you figure they'll probably stick with that lineup if they feel Chris Stetter's good at guard and Kirich is good enough at tackle. Um, it was either going to be Hayden Cotter coming in at guard or uh, it was going to be somebody sliding inside for Carriage to play outside. And it looks like they chose the latter. Uh, I think a lot of people have been waiting to see Carriage play because he always looks so good when he does. And uh, he definitely, he uh, honestly, you know, he was, he got downfield on the touchdown pass to Jordan Whittington. He was maybe ineligible down the field because he was, uh, you know, getting down there and blocking people. So uh, this could be uh I don't want to say a positive, you know, you hope Denzel Okafor is okay, but I don't know if it's going to hurt the offensive line. I'll say that. Right. I, I think that uh, I go back, we mentioned the third and sixth play, right. That everybody saw where Bijan iced it. 
The other play call from Sarkeesian that I did not see coming was the outside zone on third and eight or third and nine. I was like, and they're in, they're on the cusp, right, of field goal range. And so that goes, that really was a big play because that goes from no points and having to punt probably to points based off of that one single play. And Carrick literally, I mean, he, I don't know if, if you get a, I, I rewound that in, in process and he absolutely, I mean, he, he did a great job hooking his guy. What's yeah. that? They ran yeah. to his side. They ran right. Yeah, exactly. That was a huge play. Um, we mentioned Thompson. The other thing we mentioned the drops. He did have a couple of big runs. Another third down key com- third down play was his scramble in the second half. The I think it was the second possession of the the second half, right? Um, uh, where he uh, made a good first, good yeah. yeah made a made a key first, uh, and then he threw the ball that you mentioned to Whittington for a touchdown later on an RPO um, just going down the stats real quick. And I know you've probably seen this, but uh, Thompson was 12 of 22 for 142, had eight rushes for 35 yards. One of those is that uh, 41 yard scamper that he had uh, that gave Texas its first points, I think of the day or helped give Texas its first points of the day. Bijan 35 for 216 with uh, two touchdowns. Uh, another guy that, that came in, uh, Jordan Whittington leading receiver, receiver with three for 79 um, another big play uh, second down and nine that extended a, a, a or actually I think it's second down 10 or 11 that extended a, a play was the jet sweep uh, slash shovel pass whatever you want to call it these days to Keelan Robinson I thought that was a, a well-timed uh, play call by Sark yeah they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of different weapons in there in the arsenal you know I think that Sarkeesian has really done a good job. They've not landed the deep shots they've wanted to land really any of these games, um, not against Louisiana, not against Rice or Arkansas, but he's found ways to manufacture offense, you know, without having, you know, Mac Jones throwing it over the top to uh, Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. He's still been able to figure out how to get the ball into playmakers' hands with some, an opportunity to do something. So I think he would definitely want to grade Sarkeesian well as a play caller through uh, what is this? Five games? Yeah, five games. Def- definitely in this game, um, they did not have everything going that they probably wanted to get. But he found ways to find angles for Bijan and the Keelan sweep. I thought was was good. They were able to finally get the ball to Worthy on one of those sweeps as well, and get yep. down to the goal line. Obviously, that was wasted when they couldn't punch it in. But yeah, any other play calls you think of that that you really liked or, or thought were impactful? I thought that third and six was interesting. It looked like they uh, pulled the center. Uh, I'd have to watch it again, but it looked like a counter play, but where they pulled the center and had majors and uh, I, I see Brewer leading out there. And uh, Bijan loves the counter play. He, he, you know, either go downhill behind the lead box or more often than not, probably he finds a way to bounce it outside and, and get loose on people. So I thought that was a good call. Um, it was obviously very conservative, but with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, 
Yeah, I, I think at that point you have to you have to uh, run some yeah. clock and and you know as much as I didn't I didn't like the fourth and one on the goal line call by Sarkeesian when he could have gone up by fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like uh, the the call to only run it there because I think uh, Texas had so, first of all if TCU got the ball back uh, they were going to have to score a touchdown uh, with the five point lead they weren't going to just be able to kick a field goal. And TCU hadn't done much in the hurry-up game at all. They didn't look like they were a hurry-up team uh, to me today. With uh, with they lost Quentin Johnson, uh, the the receiver, early, fairly early, and so they lost their big play receiver. Tay Barber got knocked around pretty good by BJ Foster early, so I didn't think he ever returned back to full form. And so um, I, I think that's an issue. Uh, special teams today. Uh, let's talk about that briefly because I did not like how the game started, obviously. Right. Um, That was a a big, it looked like Tyler Owens overran that. Is that what that looked like to you from the outside? Somebody did. I, I, I don't know. I was, this is when I was still in the throes of a stomach bug today. I I thought it was schooler, but I don't even know. I'm not a reliable witness there. It may have been, we'll go back and look at it. But one of the play, one of the things about that play too, is I don't know if you, Keelan Robinson tracked him down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, special team star that guy has been. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was thinking. I, I immediately thought to myself, you know, and obviously Zach Evans ran through a Luke Brockermeyer arm tackle for the touchdown, so it wouldn't have been. It, it ended up being seven points anyways for a TCU, but that really could have been a, a four point swing for Keelan Robinson running him down because uh, nobody else was catching that guy uh, out yeah. of the gate and would have been a huge. Uh, uh, boon to, to TCU right out of the right from the start. Uh, other thing that uh, wanted to let me yeah. ask you: yeah. Do you do you do you remember watching a Texas special teams unit that looked this coordinated? Now, when's the last time you remember seeing a special teams unit where it's like, oh, they game planned this return, they game planned this punt block, they they have wrinkles, you know? Michael Griffin, Michael Griffin, Mike Huff, that group where they had some true. Um, true guys that I think could get there and had a, had a sense for it. Um, Nate Vasher was terrific in the return game. Uh, I, and I've seen a couple of those sideline blocking uh, things where they, they run outside, you know, from, from Jamison that, that return last week against tech as an example. Um, But uh, that's a, that's a great point. Um, I do feel like Jeff Banks is making an impact there. Uh, And I think Keelan Robinson is his, his chess piece, right? Yeah. Or, or he may be the king, right? That he, it's not, or the queen, you know, in, in, the, in the game of checkers, it, it may not be a chess match. It may just be checkers. And he's the guy that can go forwards, backwards and sideways and, and do stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of another time. Uh, I'm just going back to Griffin got a lot of punts. Huff got some. Probably um, 2009, I, I think they were, I mean, they were effective on special teams. I don't remember much beyond that, but. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a fair question. Um, you know, the other thing about that is I, at the same time, they, there were a couple of miscues there, especially early. Not only was the long, um, long return out of the gate, but uh, Jamison, one time I, I, I thought it was fairly unlucky about the bounce. I mean, it was just a, you know, it was a short and to the right and the ball bounced to the one yard line. That's, that that was a tough. The second one, I thought that Jamison could have been more aggressive in, in fielding and, and not giving Texas backed up inside their own 10. Yes, yes. They, 
this has been an issue for Texas for a while, um, for like, you know, a few years back. Um, yeah. they, they definitely gave away some yardage there. Um, you better be careful. They have Worthy there too. I don't know if Worthy is better at, at securing a fair catch or not, but. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, what do you, what do you make of Worthy's two drops today? You know, I, I think they were contested catches. Um, no, actually they weren't. One of them was, I thought one of them was, he just struggled to bring it down. He had one of TCU's corners all over him and it hit him in the hands, but you know, that's a hard catch and he just couldn't make it. Uh, the first one, correct me if I'm wrong, he like mistimed his jump. He's like jumping in the air and then he's like landing before the ball finally arrives and he just, it just discombobulated him. And he was you know what? Up. You know what? Ian, I think there were actually three drops because there was the one that was the missed time jump. Yeah. There was the one on the goal line that I'm that that he literally Thompson put it on him and he just dropped it. Um, that would have been like a it was almost a bubble type screen. And then the third one uh, was the one where the cornerback was more aggressive than him and returning to the ball, which is the one you were just talking about. Do you not remember the one? Like on the nine remember, yard line. I don't remember the goal line one. Yeah, I think it was a second and a second and nine type play, and it would have been in the the third quarter where Texas and Texas only ended up with a field goal out of that. Uh, finishing up on special teams, Cam Dicker actually had a good day. Yeah, right? very good game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Hudson Card. I don't know if people notice this. Hudson Card was not the holder today, um, which means you know starts making you wonder whether or not they're starting to think about a red shirt there potentially. Uh, and uh, it was not a good start. I don't know if you noticed on the first first field goal attempt, uh, not only did Dicker kind of boing it in there, he looked like Justin C Tucker almost from this past this past Sunday where he got a, got yeah. used to the crossbar, but um, the the snap was high, yep. exceedingly high on that, and they had to get it down. I did see that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought Joe might have mentioned that Card was back holding later. Oh, was he? Okay. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Okay. Um, I guess they could redshirt him. I was just thinking he already redshirted. Yeah, but I think with COVID, they get a double they, – they have the opportunity still of that double redshirt because last year essentially doesn't count. Um, After this game, I, I really doubt that Sark is completely convinced that he has his starting quarterback for the full season. And, yeah. You know, Casey could be injured also is another – Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I think that that would be – you know, if they were able to get through a season with just one quarterback and not be injured, that would be – uh, one of those pieces. Um, final stat line that I, I thought was um, uh, probably the, the be-all, end-all, and you mentioned this uh, somewhat, was the three turnovers to one uh, for Texas versus, versus uh, TCU. One of those, though, that I think was maybe the biggest turnover of the game came from somebody you mentioned in your article, and that's Anthony Cook. How has he uh, really performed in this defense, and, and is he the glue back there maybe? Uh, and connecting the, the front of the defense with the back of it? He's terrific. Um, they've been playing a lot of two deep coverages. So he's uh, underneath in a role much like um, Kenny Vaccaro or Aaron Williams played back in the day for Texas. And uh, he's good in coverage. When teams try to throw the ball in the flat on screens or rollouts, I think people can probably remember vaguely uh, Arkansas trying to hit their tight end and receivers in the flat and him coming up and making stops. He, he makes a lot of clean tackles out there. He can blitz the edge. And uh, 
he's like a removed displaced linebacker who uh, does show up in the run game and often prevents maybe a three yard run from being a three to five yard run from being a, you know, 10 yard run, 15 yard run. So he's played really, really well. He's, he's kind of an eraser back there. He's kind of a rover. And, uh, you know, obviously they blitz him off the edge. Max Duggan never sees him coming. And the, either that or the muff punt are got to be the two biggest, two biggest plays of the game for TCU. If you want to look back and say, that's why we lost. Gotcha. I thought the cook play, the cook play may have been the cook play. Definitely. I think may have taken points off the board for, for uh, TCU, right? As opposed to the muff punt, punt it gave Texas three points. Mm-hmm. The the Cook play, I think, st- stopped the tide of a, a, a momentum change for TCU if they would have gone down and scored maybe. Um, but th- that's interesting that uh, I, I feel like, you know, at Inside Texas, y'all, y'all like to have an award called the Gas Camp Award, yeah. which is that, that senior that goes out with a bang kind of, right? The, right. And and I think that uh, anybody else other than Anthony Cook leading for that award, <laughs> that well, award at this point, this is Paul's award, so he gets kind of gets to make up the rules as he wishes. <laughs> committee of one on it. Um, I guess maybe the concern would be that Anthony Cook actually has two years of eligibility left because okay, of so, so even I, though he's a redshirt junior, so he could right? come back next year. So I, I don't know how that factors in. Um, Got it. Maybe he can get it posthumously if he decides to leave or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all right. So a quick, we're almost done here. A quick thought on what you expect to see from OU next week. Ooh. I, you know, I, we pulled away from Kansas state. Kansas state was giving them the business early in this game and had brought Skylar Thompson back and uh, taking it to him. Uh, I, Oklahoma is going to play man coverage on Texas. They're going to make these receivers prove they can get open down the field. They're going to make Casey Thompson prove he can get it to them. And they're going to make the offensive line prove that they can give Casey enough time against Nick Benito. So uh, I foresee a difficult game on offense. They are not, if so far as it's within Oklahoma's power, they will not let Bijan Robinson beat them. Maybe it won't be in their power. Maybe he'll run them over anyways, but. I expect that to be a very difficult on that side of the ball. And then uh, Oklahoma, kind of the name of the game for them this year has been that they can't run the ball very well. And everybody's been backing up on them and forcing them to march down the field and not make mistakes, just what Pete Kwiatkowski is already doing in every game this year. So I guess you would, you would look at maybe a game like this, maybe with a, a lower top line score, but that comes down again to, a handful of red zone possessions and probably turnovers. Got it. Do you, uh, so you think OU's problem on offense hasn't necessarily been their explosiveness at receiver. It's more been about their inability to, to run. Yeah. Cause normally they, you know, normally they get guys running wide open on play action on a couple little pet plays that Lincoln Riley likes to attack defenses with and defenses look for those and the, the play action just, Hasn't been there. Uh, Joel Klatt did a great job, actually, for Fox Sports recently showing um, West Virginia just refusing to respect play action the other week against Oklahoma and just still sitting sitting back. So, uh, yeah, it's a different it's a different Oklahoma it's a different Oklahoma team. They don't have the massive dominating offensive line they've had 
in recent years. Yeah, I think it the, losing the center really hurt them. And not yeah. just the running backs, right? But the center is the guy. I mean, he's starting for the Kansas City Chiefs now. Yeah, um, he was yeah he's, he's good. And so, all right, well, Longhorns move to four and one uh, on the season. Big win at Fort Worth. Uh, first trip for Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, first trip for the 2020s for the Longhorns uh, to, to Fort Worth as well. Uh, B. John Robinson goes for 216 yards on 35 carries. Uh, there, are, there are guys that are good and there are guys that are great. And uh, I, I wrote it in my snap judgments today, Ian, and I think Longhorn fans need to realize that they, there's, there's a great player on the 40 acres in, in, in B. John Robinson. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Ian, thanks for your time today, bud. Uh, enjoy the rest of college football. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.